We're going to talk about the slingshot principle. Slingshot. Which you hadn't heard of before. No. From my bloody, yeah, little web of metaphors and shit. But where to begin? So the the idea of the, the slingshot is controversial. It's that the best case scenario... Well, sorry, that the worst case scenario is actually the best case scenario from a particular perspective. And that that's always true. Mm. It's a big one. And uh, if I give a personal example, we talked in previous episodes, we were doing this series on mythothalia for anyone who's just jumped along. It's about 12 or 13 episodes, idea by idea. And my real estate experience, right? Not making the, the millions that I was entitled to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Almost like an offensive laugh. <laughs> the universe just didn't pay up. Yeah. And just realizing how much I learned from it is that I actually profited, probably profited more than if it had gone well. Mm. Well, the funny thing was there were points when I was more focused on real estate and I don't have any regrets, but I thought if this succeeds the way people conventionally think of businesses succeeding terms of it makes money and it sort of grows whatever that means i found myself thinking would that actually be better than the way it is right now which is a confronting idea mm. so if you had so if i had the millions, more money yep more stuff mm-hmm. so in real estate it was hard to make more money without finding a way to put on more and more stuff because mm-hmm. you can only sell so much you only have mm-hmm. so much time to drive around to open. So you have to start building a team. Mm-hmm. And managing people is complex. Mm. It's challenging. They've got lives. You know, they have needs. They have changing situations. You have to staff people. You have to make sure people are available, you know. And uh, it's difficult. And I definitely had other interests, as people can clearly see from what I've been doing yeah. <laughs> in the last two years. I yeah. clearly have a lot of other interests that are actually, as I found out, much simpler writing podcasting Mm. no bullshit conversations about getting to the core of what's the real stuff in life retreats constant student community finding more of those people and bringing them together you know pursuing wisdom not a very commercial sounding thing how do you make money doing that just like the pursuit of wisdom for anyone who's on that journey of seeing why that's rewarding doesn't i can't you can't explain it to someone who's not in that headspace but it's just on its own so powerful the irony is that if i'd gotten everything i wanted i don't know if it would have been as good so when covid began you know i had a particular model i was trying to drive a different real estate model right which was different and was going to be more of a startup kind of thing there's a bigger ambition and it was good because it was more exciting and covid really was challenging because i had to let go the head of sales had been working with who was actually a very close friend at that time he had a family he had a young family so that was like terrifying i had to do that and then cut back the costs in the business and abandoned that model that little vision we had and that like the idea to try and improve like the real estate industry in hindsight though i wasn't too upset like oh even at the time i wasn't too upset because what it felt like was that COVID had given me permission to get to what I really wanted to do now. Instead of growing the business first, delegating it so other people were in control, putting systems in place, blah, 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 which would have been a lot of effort. Doing all that, 
to then do what I, or even take the time to think about what I really cared about on a deeper level and then work on that. COVID actually gave me the opportunity to do it immediately. When I had my, when I was studying university, I did a, you know, do, everyone knows who's been deep in the podcast. I did a degree. I wasn't, I didn't really want to go to uni. I just, it was a good backup. So that was that, it was a lot of it was fear driven. The fear of not having something behind me, not having a career path, not having a safety net if my film ambitions didn't pan out. And so I'm attached and intense about finishing this bloody degree. That's a plan B. <laughs> Four years invested into it, right? Mm. And I didn't get, I got the marks for my honors year, but then I got rejected because I didn't have the minimum subject requirement. So this is a technicality, right? But important to note for the story, I was smart enough. <laughs> I got the grades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And, you know, I was furious. I thought this is so sh It wasn't clear to me that I had to do this extra subject. So I was angry because I wanted to get the degree done and move on. I felt like I'd lost a year of my life. But because I had to wait a whole year to reapply to honors. But what happened was that my friend Nick Abraham came back from Nepal around that time. And I had this whole unplanned year. And then he said, oh, do you want to help me a bit with this from the ground up, the Nepal stuff? And I was like, well, yeah, why not? Like, that'd be sick. I've got a year to do it. That'd be very meaningful. And that just, that, as you know, that changed my life. That was a door. And I wouldn't have been able to open that door, probably, if I was trying to do this honors year. I was terrified of doing it. It's just this big research bullshit. I hated research, but I needed to do it to have the degree. <laughs> you have to. You don't get a psychology degree if you don't have honors. You have an arts degree majoring in psychology. Really? Luke is crunching his eyebrows. Mate, yeah. So you have to do that? You have to do honors. Oh. In Australia, anyway. So it's, ter it's terrible. Terrible system. So what I wanted was to finish the honors. What I really wanted was to find something else. So it's the thousand doors again. But all these things looked like setbacks at the time. Constant student, you know, you know that we tried to come up with good revenue. There's a lot of value in constant student. We tried to come up with revenue models that made sense. So I, you know, we tried, we had so many things because if you're trying to support people, it's very individual. So it was so hard figuring out what can we actually package up and sell that caters to the very wide cross section of this community we want to care for. And, you know, we had like a personal brand course we were launching. We had all these different things and, you know, and then we kind of failed to sell it. The, the personal brand, when we spent months working on it, failed to sell it on the webinar we launched. And, you know, when you're selling something, you're trying to sell it, right? You're not trying to just float it. You know, often, well, sometimes you are. It's, it's like you've got to put effort in to make something compelling. <coughs> it's very, you're right. It's very hard to half-ass something. Like you really want to make something compelling. You got to put the effort in to make it look compelling, right? Like a, like a cake. You're just going to put some shit cake together and like expect everyone to eat it. You got to put some sort of care into it. So of course, you know, we run webinars and stuff wanting to sell these things. And then, you know, not many people bought it or no one bought it actually. Sorry. This was, this was earlier this year, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I remember complaining to you at the time, like, I just want to do this stuff. Yeah but I feel like I need to sell something so we make money. Yeah. But I hate everything involved in doing it. <laughs> funny that. Yeah, funny that. 
and uh, you know yeah you could have put more effort in to figure out okay why didn't and i did a bit of that like, why didn't people buy it you know what i mean no one bought it right so that night was very depressing but the next <laughs> the next day this is like if you have more of a growth mindset the next day i was like oh well i didn't really want to do it <laughs> <laughs> so if it was a great success you would have been so i was like, like if it was a great success you know, it might eventually, you know, sure. you've got to put up a bit of shit, then it leads to a great outcome and there's more money and stuff. Okay. Not the end of the world, but I was like, oh, maybe we just do this other thing that we want to do now. And we had a different idea for like a marketing agency that didn't even pan out either. And that was upsetting for a bit. We had all this work contracts doing, this was just to pay me and Liam a wage, right? And we had all these ideas and then that didn't really work out either. And then we found that that was annoying too. So I've got all these examples, all these, what everyone else would call failures and, and they, maybe they are, and depending on what you're after, it would be a failure. But so often I was just given something that was not what I was initially looking for, but was the thing I really needed or the thing I wanted more deeply and was actually the best case scenario. <laughs> Again, funny that. All right, so I call it the slingshot principle because the idea that if you get, and this is very visual, but some people will be listening, you think of a pebble being pulled back in a slingshot, right? Think of that like a setback. The further you get pulled back, the more power you actually have. Mm. The more ability you have to shoot in the other direction, right? That's It's all stored value. There's multiple examples littered throughout nature. Take empathy. The value of having pain Say you were abused as a child, right? Say you were, you know, you went broke. Say you, any of these things. You were rejected in a relationship. It's so hard to relate to people who've gone through those things. If you've never experienced anything to that emotional extreme. Empathy is really enabled by people who have had their own challenging experiences. It's hard because you don't see everyone's deep story. But most people who go into psychology, want to be therapists or counselors and stuff like that have really struggled with something themselves mm. that's where the drive comes because think about it why would where would they get the drive if not that mm. for a lot of people the stereotype the, the image of listening to other people's problems which is a bad way of phrasing it is so unappealing why would someone want to do that <laughs> and what would give them the ability to actually do that it's so hard to understand imagine you'd never been rejected how hard is it to relate to someone who's been rejected? <laughs> you can't, like, don't worry about it. What yeah. do you mean? Just, just get over it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'll be it, right. You'd, you'd flip it off. Mm. Right? There's so much of struggle. So much of struggle is a gift. It just doesn't look like it at the time. Right? Someone whose only things have only worked out for them in business. Charlie Munger. They're the most dangerous people. Right? Charlie Munger is like, they're more scared of success, their own success than everyone else, him and Warren Buffett. Because you get this hot hand fallacy that everything you do is going to work. Mm. Right? And that's very dangerous. Because you don't know. Real success is a, a complex and thousand doors. You don't control all the factors. Yeah. You get the illusion of control. It's actually more dangerous. You're building up to a Titanic-like disaster. Other examples of the slingshot principle. You know, all those things gave me more perspective and that perspective was more valuable than the, the monetary gain of any of those activities. And honestly, right now, you know, I've, I don't have like this financial roadmap, as you know, I'm not, I'm not without what I need though, which is beautiful. 
MVL. But I, all these things that had this assumption that it had to have a good business model for a constant student, we don't right now. Mm. And what I do at the moment, and it's not perfect, maybe, but I spend a lot of time just talking to people in the community. And because there's no objective or agenda or anything I need to feel like I need to push them towards, it's as unencumbered as it's ever been. You just talk about them with what's going on. And there's no angle I need to push. We're not looking at for these testimonials that we created these entrepreneurs or these writers or these podcasters. Or you can literally just surrender and just look at the person in front of you and going, maybe you don't need to do any bloody business activity at ever. Who cares? You know, are you happy in your current line of work? Yeah, kind of. Okay, well, what's wrong with that for now? Mm. Play around with something. Or whatever, whatever's going on for them. You don't have to be wedded to any of these assumptions. That's liberating for me. Might be different for other people. I've just gained so much more. So it comes back to the principle of pain. And as a runner, you might appreciate that, this idea or interpretation. Pain is not bad. It's unpleasant. Mm. Pain is not evil. It's just not the pleasant experience. And you get this particular learning from pain that's unique because obviously people don't go seek pain. <laughs> you can't like, oh, I want to go get abused so I know what it's like to be abused. And then I can relate to other people who've been abused. Mm, yeah, Some I mean, things don't make sense to intentionally, you know, a lot of pain apart from like working out and... I was about to say, you've never, you've never heard of David Goggins before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so I think I kind of like that guy, but I also think he's a bit of a pain junkie. He and is, I feel like I there's deep, him. I feel like, yeah, I love him. I think he's a positive him. force, but I think there's deep, deeper, deeper challenges there that if you've um, packaged as, as read his positive. Book, yeah. Yeah. And he's been through shit. So this is like the interesting place of the slingshot principle. You would never seek these things. They're very thousand doors. You could not have seen them coming. But the fact that you experience them, pain, you know, if I burn my finger, pain has a function, right? It's not meant to be bad. It actually saves me. It, it's like hot water, bad. That's experience. I've now learned and I can avoid the hot water and help others avoid the hot water and manage the temperature going forward. So all your setbacks are actually gifts because it's unique learning that others wouldn't seek. Mm. Right? You can't learn what I learned losing hundreds of thousands of dollars in real estate at uni. And, there's and, an... you'd, and you'd never go out saying, I'm going to go lose $100,000, hundreds of thousands of dollars, so I learn a big lesson. You're crazy. I think you're crazy. That was not my intention. But having done that, I've learned things that most people never learn. And everyone else has their own versions of those things. So nothing, it's very hard. This is very confronting, but powerful, the slingshot principle. Because anything that happens, nothing is fatal. The most, and, and there might be resistance to that. This is not a everyday idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking of the, okay, let's think of the pushback. The pushback okay. being, I'll give you, don't worry about, Joe, I've got a family. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about anticipating the pushback. I'll go to the extreme and destroy the objections, potentially. Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela, I calculated it, spent almost a third of his life in prison. It's a long time. It's a long time. In a time of revolt, racism, apartheid, he had a family, right? So all this, all this, like I've got to provide, all these things that everyone loves to layer on is 
your life circumstances. I get it. I've not experienced what everyone else has experienced, but I'm going to point to an extreme because if it's possible for one, it must be possible for more. He came out, you know, with a positive mindset, as far as we can tell, willing to forgive the people in prison him and get proactive about working on these problems in South Africa, right? Now, he didn't get that time back in his life, right? So where's the slingshot? But what is Nelson Mandela's story without that mm. imprisonment, right? His message is not as powerful. And what I think he's a great example of is it transcends even his own life. Now, this is very confronting because when people think myth of failure, it might be like, how do I get the confidence to talk to girls? How do I, you know, work on an idea I'm passionate about but scared to do or what people will say? And so it's, it's, you start to overshoot it when you talk about transcending the slingshot principle from your own life. What does that mean? It means that the value of his inverted commas suffering or the challenge he faced is actually that he can invest that into the lives of other people. It might not be something within his own experience that he actually got to see the, the full benefit of. But if you look at yourself as part of this broader thing, bigger than yourself, you can have that. I think an even better example, now I think about it, I always used Mandela. And just tell me if none of this makes sense. Is a, and it's more controversial because it's a religious example, but Jesus. The thing about someone like Jesus, who being crucified brutally, right? Nine tail whip and beatings and spitting and and carrying his cross and then being nailed to it and saying on that cross straight away, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, which is a DeMello idea. You know, no one sins in awareness. Mm. How can I be upset at my mum for, you know, interrupting my Zoom call? <laughs> How can I get caught up with my uh, family member who tried to take money off me? How can I get caught up with people who try to imprison me? How can I insert, get upset at the person who's making work difficult for me and let that spoil my life? Or the person who ripped me off or who promised me something and didn't follow through? How can I live... Because what that guy did, if he's willing to forgive people who've crucified him, not let them off, but forgive in terms of accept... That's a powerful message that is rippling through time still, still, more than 2,000 years later. It transcends. So being crucified is surely the worst case scenario. Yet he accepted his reality. If you want to look at it in terms of less, a less metaphysical, you know, the story of Jesus, and you want to like be, if you're not religious or whatever, you're not spiritual, you want to look at it as like a story that he crafted to send a message. He accepted that he would have to die in a brutal way to really get the message across. It could be a metaphor for the slingshot principle as well. It is. It is. The worst, he knew that that was what, I think he knew. It's. I think it was less of a, if you want to take a evolved view of like, you know, the religious thing, it might be less of that he heard this voice, which was his father, God, which is like my dad talking to me in my ear saying, all right, this is what's going to happen next. 
I think it was religion in the form we talk about. It's like this real intuition to understand, you know, son of God. It's like the Hindus always thought we are all part of nature and nature is kind of like what they call God. And that that's how he's going to like really send the message, like to love everyone else. Because if I can do it to these people, it takes away a lot of the excuses of others to not do it for lesser. Hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm very heavy example for very few of us will ever have to implement this principle to that extent. But I'm, I'm, I argue at this point in time that it's a reality. That it's always the worst case scenario is actually the best case scenario from a particular perspective. Now, it's not going to happen if you're like, life is only good if I have X amount of money. It's not going to be good if, uh, you know, life's only good if I succeed at something or I get good at something, you know, or I get the recognition somehow one day. Or if you get attached to anything in particular, because when you get attached to any of those things, like I'll only really be happy if that, I'll only really be content if that, even, you know, providing for you, what does providing for the family mean? You know, surely it must be holistic. Otherwise it's not real providing and financial is part of that. If you're going to put these conditions on your life that you have, it's very hard to put them on. You're cordoning, you're cordoning off reality. I think. Because you don't really get to demand that. I don't, I don't, I don't think. Mm. I don't think you get to demand that I'm Joe. Uh, <laughs> I drop wisdom bombs. A lot of people got to know about me one day. Otherwise, what's this all been for? <laughs> I just don't think it works that way. Otherwise, if there, if it doesn't happen, you'll be miserable. Yeah, but how powerful is it? I'm I'm surrounded by people, and this is the the, the funny thing, right? I'm surrounded by people like you, and and a handful of others. Well, not just a handful, actually, plenty of others, who are just really appreciate the value and the role I play in their lives. And I have had a lot of people, even some of the people commenting on YouTube videos and stuff, which is very lovely, right? Say, oh, you know, you should, you deserve a bigger, yeah, uh, all that stuff. I and tend I to think agree, a definitely. Lot of, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, well, I, I don't, I don't, I'll tell you why. And a lot of people, a lot of people get that stuff too, right? It's yep. not just me. Yeah, yeah, but, of course. you know, how slingshot is it if I never get broad appreciation? If I'm not a household name or anything like that, how slingshot is it if I were to do this anyway? That's the best case scenario. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's more powerful than someone who does get the recognition continues doing it. Yeah. It's like, oh, they get recognition. That's wonderful. Mm. Right? Like, bro but I do get recognition. I already do. Mm. And ironically, I get recognition from the people whose recognition matters most. Why should the recognition of strangers matter more than the people I already know in my life now or the people that have found me so far? Hmm. What more do I really want? No, but I deserve it. I'm owed it. The content But there's nothing more. more powerful than someone who, you know, doing what we're doing now. People who do it without ever getting... getting I don't even know what it means. What does recognition mean? What does it mean? Now, you, you lower the bar of success 
below the bar of failure. Mm. That example of Jesus, did he get recognition? A bit. He was also fucking nailed to a cross. You know, Nelson Mandela, 28 years or whatever it was in prison. But he refused to let them imprison his mind and soul. You know, and that's that poem, that Invictus, you know, I am the cap. what is it? I'm the master of my fate, I'm the captain of my soul, or whatever the lines are. They imprisoned him physically, but they couldn't imprison him in the other ways, in the mm. ways that really matter. The Stoics talk a lot the about Stoics that. Stoics talk well. about that. Mm. And, uh, you know, that slingshot principle is powerful. I have all these things over the last 10 years where people would say, that's too bad, you fell off the horse with things that happened, failing to make the big money in real estate, you know, having to let start COVID, you know, not being able to sell this, not growing the following in, in two years, whatever that means, in two years, you know, and this course, that course, you know, constant student. I had someone tell me, you know, oh, you know it's a shame the constant student didn't find, you know, product market fit, didn't really get that. And I was like, that's such a funny statement. I go, this is, it was, it's in its form right now. <laughs> product market. It's been incredible. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's been incredible. Mm. I'm not trying to just cordon things off. I'm not trying to be dismissive when I say these things. That I'm not trying to be like, oh, no, 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 no. I've done really good, even though it was piss weak effort, really. I'm not, I'm not trying to play that game. What I really think is the value system is so off reality with how we measure successful mm. and it's so limited it can only be good if it does value and it makes money <laughs> you, know cool. I mean? you can only be successful if you've got some sort of big recognition or or lots of money well you know like good example really you know but co running coaching right yeah. you can coach five people charge fifty dollars a month you're not a massive success but yeah what do you what do you uh, you're not a massive success financially but you but are imagine, a massive success <laughs> uh, you're impacting the impact you could potentially have to five yeah. people's life and the flow on effects yeah. and all yeah. that so yeah so very interesting right and and see people have this it's a real kickback because you can't just someone's like i've had this disaster i lost my job and you just sit there and go oh don't worry slingshot principle yeah good luck bye now <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, the worst case yeah saying yeah. Worst oh, case that's scenario. really good. Yeah. That's really good. That's fantastic. But honestly, once the dust settles, once the storm clears, so I don't lead with slingshot, right? You got to allow experiences to experience. The pain is there to be felt, mm. but it's not there to be dwelled on. No. No. Okay. The pain is not there to be dwelled on. It's there to send you a signal. You're meant to interpret that and then fucking move on. And the moving on is what seizes the pain in truth. That's accurate, healthy pain. So if someone comes to me with a challenge or a desire, or even if I have my own challenge or something, I enable the feeling of negative, whatever. I don't try to shut it off. People think stoics is non-emotional. It's not, mm. it's not attached to logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you still feel things, yep. but you don't dwell on them. They don't derail you. And then I quickly move into the slingshot after that. Because really losing your job is slingshot. It's impossible for it not to be. Mm. For a lot of people, it's the part of the story, you know, 
I lost my job, I was depressed, but then I realized I'm just going to do this, fuck it. It was the COVID stories of people who had to change careers or figure this out and they started a podcast or they started this or that and that's what they really enjoy doing now. The best education system is probably like, you know, four week lockdown once a year. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what pushed a lot of people to what they really want to do and then they started learning experientially. Hmm. You know, it's not, it's not pretty though, but it's not pretty because of the mindset we carry. Because we, we don't, we like the stability. Hey, I like stability too, but there's a point where it becomes detrimental as well. And, uh, you know, I feel like we are too all in. I think most majority of modern working life is too all in because mm. it does create this dependency on the job. You know what I mean? You are that, you know, your, your livelihood and family life will often be you know hitched to that job mm. and you know it's just a delicate thing but i'm sure we'll talk about those ideas in terms of fragility and yeah anti-fragility exactly. but i mean yeah if you any anything i've sort of observed in my own life that's been a massive negative mm. at the time yep has definitely with a few months passing mm. turned into a positive exactly and i think I think the experience is pretty similar for a lot of people yes very similar and there's just those moments there's those moments but then this is the this is the uh, the opportunity cost of not living in aware like awareness mm. which is a very fucking lame thing to say did that sentence just come out of my mouth <laughs> but the problem is you can't remember that when you're in the normal cycle of what we call living mm. now I'm quite different because half the time, like most of the time is doing things like this sure, and writing in that and, and putting that stuff into lessons and communicating it. And so, you know how many times I've told the stories I've told today? Most people are not doing that. Mm. So for me, it's bloody top of mind. So that's why I'll try to sell something one night, be fucking devastated that no one bought it, thinking I'm no good, fixed mindset, blah, blah, blah. I'm never going to be anything. I should figure something else out, blah, blah. And then next day being like, often, oh, I've moved beyond that. That's actually probably positive, actually. Like, fuck, I don't really want to do that. Mm. And if you want to continue with it, so say, say the course example, right? This is why it's, it's bulletproof for me. If that thing is really worth doing, <laughs> if it's really worth doing, you will still want to do it. You, and the, the the, you'll have sufficient motivation to just process the failure, inability to sell, into informing the product. Okay, so-and-so. Talk to the people who came last night. Why didn't you buy it? Oh, timing. Okay, other persons. All right, oh, they're, they're all saying this, but I think what they really mean is this. All right, all right, how about I lower the price? How about I raise the price but make it a tighter group of people? How about I do the first one for free just so I can get the testimonials? Because the problem is they just don't, it sounds good, but they don't believe enough in it yet to invest the money. Mm. You've got all these levers you can pull. You'll figure it out if you really want to though. Yeah. And you see clearly. So even if something's worth doing, it's not like, like not selling or whatever it is or not getting the job is enough to deter you. Right? You, the motivation will be there. You just got to listen to yourself. Or you might need time to reflect. But in other cases, it's like, oh, I feel like I'm not even meant to do that. I don't really want to do that. I'm going to go through a new door. 
So it's slingshot in either direction. <laughs> whether you can persist or whether you vary. Whether you pivot or whether you just completely stop. Mm. Like that's the, you know me, the, the mode I'm right in, for anyone who's not up to date with my journey, I've stopped almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm refusing to do the podcast on a weekly basis now. We're recording yeah. this in batch and I'm, I'm going to schedule them. I've realized the value of virtually doing so little of what I had planned to do. I've abandoned most of it for now. I don't know, but this is crazy. Mm. Anyway, so that's the slingshot principle. Yeah, that's a big one. And, and now you start to see why failure to me is a myth. Yeah. Cause anything bad that could happen is actually something good in disguise. Mm.